The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And really just an all-around embarrassing effort for the Royals tonight outside of Danny Duffy, who was terrific. He's our obvious player of the game, as it's Davo. Glad you're along on your dish. Clubhouse conversation. We go over the Royals game tonight, and we'll look forward to the next couple of games as well and get you set for tomorrow's tilt. There's a big word for you, tilt, to kick off the program here. But the Royals have now lost five in a row. This is not good. They lose 4-1. to one. They drop to 30-27. and 27. Baltimore improves to 33-23. and 23. Danny Duffy, the one bright spot tonight. Player of the game. Six and a third tremendous innings from Duffy. Six and a third. Two runs on five hits. Nine strikeouts and no walks. So Danny missing bats. And really, outside of a couple home runs, or was a ball hit hard by Trumbo in his first A-B there in the second inning. But for the most part, Baltimore didn't square him up much the entire night either. Just impressive for Duffy. How about 80 pitches thrown in six and a third? And 61 were strikes. 61 of 80. Duffy was completely pounding the strike zone tonight in his six and a third innings. And the other cool thing was the pitch efficiency. It was around 70 pitches headed into the seventh inning. A little bit over 70. Before giving up solo home runs to Mark Trumbo and Matt Wieters. Trumbo, his league-leading 19th home run of the season. And I got some tweets from people at Royals Clubhouse saying, why would Ned bring Danny back out? Are you joking? Why would Ned not bring Duffy back out? He pulled him out at the perfect time, first of all, after giving up the the two shots there, the, the solo home runs. And he was at 80 pitches. The Royals could have taken him up to 90, 95, really could have finished that inning and had the Royals... Scored some runs tonight, as they should have, against Mike Wright. There's a good chance he would have pitched longer. But think think what you're saying. Pull out Danny Duffy? Are you joking? The same people who say that would have crucified Dedios. Why would you take a guy out with eight strikeouts and a shutout going? And what, three hits the first six innings? And a guy around 70 pitches? Really? With a, a worn-down Royals bullpen as it is, a watered-down version, and with a very bad matchup tomorrow night? Really? No, not really. That's a joke. No chance. Duffy was kept in the perfect amount of time and threw the ball well tonight. Like I said, 80 pitches, 61 strikes. And it was the fact that he would throw any pitch in any situation tonight. Starting off backwards, we saw a lot of off-speed stuff to start off ABs. And some confused Baltimore hitters up there. Got Machado k a couple of times. I mean, up and down the order, Duffy really contained pretty much everybody outside of Trumbo, who hit the home run, and of course, Weeders, but even Trumbo, the first at bat, just barely missing one, even though they are in a band box there in Baltimore. But, you know, Danny Duffy was awesome tonight. And, and what a shot in the arm he could be for the Royals. And, and what a shot in the arm he almost has to be at this point, right? I mean, you see Chris Young struggling, not sure how confident we are at this stage of the game in his career of him turning it around. You know, Chris Medlin. Still not anywhere close to returning. Mike Miner had a setback in his assignment. Kyle Zimmer back in the DL. Dylan G, you know, maybe could be mediocre. But again, you know, Venturio's been struggling, having a, a very disappointing year. Volquez has been disappointing in the last month. I mean, Kennedy's been great. And Duffy, since going back to the rotation, has been really, really good. I, I don't want to use the word great, but he's not too far off. He's been throwing the ball really well. 
his fifth start tonight, and you know, continues to build up, and we see him, you know, going to the stretch exclusively now, and that seems to be working. He's kind of taken some of what he learned in the bullpen that made him effective, and kind of just attacking hitters and saying, "Here you go, hit it. Here's my pitch. Here's my fastball. Hit it. Here's a changeup. Hit it." You know, I'm not going to be scared of anybody. It's going to come after you and attack you. Good, good pace, good tempo from Duffy. So I've seen a lot of good things. So you know, the Royals almost need Danny Duffy at this point, at least for the, you know, for the next month at least to be close to what he was tonight. You're not going to expect seven or, you know, six plus shutout innings and, you know, seven innings of two run ball every time out there from Duffy. But if he could give you six plus innings of three run ball for the foreseeable future, you know, maybe Mike Miner's back in a few weeks, maybe Medlin's effective outside chance young is, I suppose, but you know, and then that gives the Royals a chance in July to possibly add an arm, assuming they're still in it and all that good stuff. So, you know, Duffy, was the one positive from tonight. The Royals need him to be good. They really do. That's the place they're in because of injury and because of some guys not performing on both sides, both pitching and position player-wise. Now, Luke Hochaver was roughed up for a run and two-thirds of an inning. He's been quietly getting hit pretty hard this season. Calvin Herrera gives up the solo home run to the third-best player in Major League Baseball, by my estimation, behind Harper and Trout, that being Manny Machado in the eighth inning. And the other story tonight, though, switching sides, if this were football, we'd say sides of the ball. The other story, though, outside of Duffy was the completely awful performance of the Royals offense. Just awful. I tweeted the word embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Against Mike Wright, a guy who came in pushing six on the ERA, who got sent down to AAA briefly, as we saw Ventura last year. But make no mistake about it, Wright is nowhere near Ventura. Ventura is struggling, and Wright is still nowhere as good as Ventura. The stuff. The one thing I will say about Wright is he did get in on the hands a lot tonight. Really did a nice job with that fastball tailing in and getting in on the Royals' hands. But some of that was the Royals not being the most selective, which is, of course, not shocking. How many times are we going to see... Uh, let's just throw out a name tonight. I mean, how, how many times are we going to see Alcides Escobar swing at any breaking ball low and outside and just try to foul him off or shoot him to right field? You're either going to strike out or you're going to ground out to second the majority of the time. That, that bloop, and they're, they're playing you so shallow, you're not going to be able to, to drop very many bloops there in right field. You know, and, and that's part of the problem. The other problem is, at the same time, he does try to pull a lot and overswing, too. It's like he's either swinging for the fences or trying so hard to take a bad pitch in the right field out there, just got to flail out there and shoot the ball to right field. It's just not working right now for Esky. And, and I don't mean to single him out. He's been tremendous on defense and is a key cog for the Royals. But maybe some of this bragging about him being an Ironman, maybe he needs some days off from time to time. I mean... He's hitting 582 OPS-wise this year. That is brutal. That is awful. 582 is awful, especially if you're a leadoff hitter. You're guaranteeing him the most at-bats on the team. I mean, you see Ned Yost, you know, didn't criticize him at all tonight and, and usually don't, but you see him the first game of this trip essentially punting the game away by giving Merrifield Orlando days off. He says they both need days off, but somehow Escobar doesn't. Orlando, who sat over half the games the first month of the season needs a rest. He's your what, OPSing 944 the last 15 games before Thursday. Whit Merrifield, who had been on a tear and really been the the energy and, and kind of the cog behind the run on the homestand, the perfect homestand, you give him a day off, put Omar Infante in the fifth. I don't mean to rehash all this, but just pointing out that perhaps we need to lose some of the cuteness of the whole Iron Man thing with Escobar and some of the cuteness of swinging at the first pitch and, and some of this stuff. 
and treat everybody fairly. Get back to playing Royals baseball and, and use some common sense here at some points. And I know common sense, there's nothing common sense about this team. <laughs> and some of the, the comebacks and runs they've been on, you know, coming back from four down in the eighth inning and two elimination games the last couple of years and the playoffs. So, you know, I, I'm fully aware and I'm fully aware that Escobar hitting leadoff has been the spark that really sparked the team the last couple of years. So not a lot makes sense, but when things are going bad, you'd like to see the Royals make a couple of maybe adjustments. And I do think it's common sense to give Esky some days off. I don't think he's going to, I don't think we need to act like he's Coward Upkin and going to approach Coward Upkin's record and, you know, that he's anywhere close to the offensive player Ripken was. I mean, no one's saying that. I'm not saying that. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Ripken's a Hall of Famer. But the point being, you know, I, I keep reading these stats about how Esky's but a third of an inning behind number one for most innings this year, and they he wants to play 162 every year. But, I mean, you know, let's be equal here on some of this stuff and use common sense. All right? And that's all I'm saying. I just got off on a total ADHD rant about C.D.S. <laughs> Escobar. Sorry about that. I feel better, though, getting that off my chest. But, I mean, other than that, Royals offense, I mean, Let's look at Mike Wright's line. A guy that, you know, a six ERA guy goes seven shutout innings, five hits, just one extra base hit for the Royals. Second day in a row, the Royals got only one extra base hit. It was a double in the ninth inning against Cleveland yesterday, and it was a double in the first inning today by Whit Merrifield. One extra base hit two days in a row. Royals just two walks. Only ball, you know, only run came when Jonathan Scope spiked the ball. Into Chesler Cuthbert. That's how things are going now. You get a, a run when Scope, you know, where, where was the, the touchdown dance? Where was the victory dance with that spike? Just drills poor Chesler, who has a contusion, although I do believe he'll be back in the lineup tomorrow. Unearned run there for Wright. I mean, there was a run, you know, charge while he was in the game, but it was unearned. That's why I say shut out innings because it should have been shut out. The Royals weren't going to score there without that spike job. Really, when the Royals got first and second in the first inning with one out and you had, you know, your big guys coming up there, you had Hosmer, you had Perez, and they couldn't get anything you know, anything going, didn't you almost feel like, oh, no, here we go again? To me, it was just like one of those things. <clears throat> this Royals team is so much built on momentum, I feel like. And I know the, the term momentum and clutch hitting and a lot of that stuff is debated amongst many baseball aficionados that it even exists. I believe it does. I believe there's no doubt that it, it does. L- look how the Royals play at home versus the road. Look at some of these rallies. Look at the keep the line moving. This is like a momentum team. It really is. I don't know. Just, you know, and, and you look at that first game on Thursday in Cleveland that turns you into a, a five-game losing streak. You know what I mean? It's like momentum. It's like it's like this team's back in a rut again, and not scoring in that first inning really hurt. I, at the time, I felt it. Didn't say anything about it, except for the guys watching the game with. Shout out to Joey. What up, man? But outside of that, you know, no tweets about that. No proof that I said that. But, I mean, it was just one of those things where I'm not saying I knew the Royals were going to lose tonight, because I did think they'd score some runs off of Mike Wright. But it was just one of those things where you had a bad feeling and thought it might not be the Royals' night when they couldn't take advantage there in the first inning. Only one player in the lineup with multi-hit games. Paulo Orlando, two singles. Whit Merrifield got on base twice with a walk in addition to the double. But, yeah, I mean, you go up and down the lineup. I mean, we, we mentioned a couple of minutes ago some of the starting pitching issues the Royals have had. Alcides Escobar, an awful 582 OPS. The Royals have to start getting some production out of third base at some point. Sample size noted, but Cuthbert OPSing just 644, and that's going down rapidly. Cuthbert not even hitting the ball hard anymore. 
I can't even remember the last time he really smoked a ball outside of a home run a couple days ago. <laughs> I love how I just throw that out there. Outside of his home run. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but you know what I mean. He's not, he's not outside of that ball, though, really. What's he hit hard the last 10 days? If you watch his team every day, a little concern there. Dyson just 655. Morales OPSing 577. Gordon Moose not in the lineup. I mean, you've got some issues with the offense big time right now. Not good. And I think tomorrow night's probably not going to be real good either for the Royals. You're done, Aventura, Ubaldo Jimenez. I still think that game's going to go way over tomorrow night. If you're in Vegas, if it's nine and a half or below, go over on the total. But I think it's more so the Baltimore side scoring six, seven runs, you know, than it is the Royals scoring very many runs tomorrow. I, you know, I think we're going to see twelve to fifteen runs tomorrow. But I'm not. I was a little more confident about the Royals scoring a lot of runs before tonight. But after seeing the Royals the last five days, six days, seven days, and Seeing him tonight against Mike Wright. You know, Jimenez in some ways might be what the Royals need. He's got better stuff than Wright. And he's also a gas can, but even worse. A 6.59 ERA coming in for Jimenez. Ventura, a 4.82. With that ballpark, you'd think there'd be a lot of runs scored. And there will be on Baltimore's side. I don't see Ventura. This is not a good matchup for him. He did shut Baltimore down, however, back on April 24th. The game that was the final victory before the Royals started that last skid. The Ofer road trip. So, you know, he's facing Baltimore again as the Royals this time are in the middle of a skid. So perhaps Ventura can channel some of that let's throw fire, enter Ventura that we know from the past. And I hope that's the case. But I'm, I'm not real confident about tomorrow. Ventura did last time out at the K against Baltimore. Allowed just one run on three hits in seven innings before the Royals started that 5-13 and 13 slide. Comes off six innings, one run, seven hits against Cleveland his last time out. The problem is if Ventura can't miss bats, which he hasn't been able to do now for upwards of a month, if he can't strike guys out. I mean, Danny Duffy was able to go deep in this game and stay in there because, A, he didn't walk people, which Ventura has been walking people at an alarming rate. So you got to figure, I don't think his mechanics are just magically going to get turned around at this point of the season and perhaps his career. I mean, we're starting to get enough data on him that he may never be a precision pitcher. A guy that needs to rely on stuff and attacking. But if he's walking guys tomorrow and not striking guys out, it's going to be a long day for Ventura and the Royals. Duffy, again, was a lefty against eight of nine guys in Baltimore's lineup being right-handed. And Baltimore does strike out a decent amount against lefties, but usually hits pretty well against lefties. And Duffy was able to go deep because he struck out nine. But if Ventura strikes out four and walks three or four, it is not going to be pretty tomorrow night. So I don't like the Royals tomorrow. I'm not sure that they'll score a lot. I would like to think they could put a four or five spot up on the board tomorrow at least, but I don't see this one going the Royals away tomorrow night. Tonight was so important to get, as was Thursday against Cleveland, but we're not going to rehash that again. Volquez, Tillman, Edinson, and Chris coming up finale of this series. Edinson, five and five, a 403. Tillman, seven and one, a 333. Tillman be, has be, you know, been regressing a bit lately. And this is a toss up game to me. I think the Royals have a decent shot to win game three of this series. They'll need to, obviously. Especially if they lose tomorrow, but either way, Volquez comes off against Cleveland six and a third, five runs, has really struggled the last month. Two Orioles have seen him six at bats or more. Adam Jones has two home runs and six at bats against Volquez. Pedro Alvarez, who we didn't see tonight, but we'll see the next couple of days, was 0 for 6. We'll also see Hung Young Kim in there in the two hole, most likely, for Baltimore. Tillman comes off five runs and five and two-thirds against the Yankees. The Royals have seen him quite a bit. Eski five for 16. Kendry's four for 10. And Salvi, three for 11 with a home run. So there you go. That's where we're at. I, I think the Royals lose tomorrow, and it's, it's a coin flip for the finale. 
And where am I at on the concern level right now? On a 0 to 10. I'm at a 3. I'm still not that concerned because the Royals are still fine. They're only two games out of first. If you want to look at that, they're still three above 500. They got to find a way, though, to, to maintain the three to five above 500 by the end of June. And then at that point, hopefully, you start getting strong again with guys like Gordon coming back and Eibner and uh, Minor, hopefully, and Medlin. And then you can go out and make a move or two in July as well to shore some of your needs up. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. The Royals need to buckle down, though, the rest of this trip. I mean, you got 0 and 5 start to a 10 game trip. You cannot afford to lose more than two more games, realistically, in this trip. Three and seven is looking pretty likely at this point. Royal split the next two and get two in Chicago. That would be a three and seven road trip. And at this point, you know, we, we'd love a four and six road trip. If the Royals win four of the next five, that's terrific. I mean, terrific at this point. Before the trip, we wouldn't have taken four and six probably. But if you took, you know, four, Royals win four or five, who's gonna who's not gonna want that the next four? But realistically, you know, the way it is now, I suppose three and two the next five would be acceptable if you get two out of three in Chicago and grab one of the next two in Baltimore. We'll be back with you again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals.